Hi, and welcome to Zed Games. Recorded live at 4ZZZ Studios in Brisbane and broadcast nationally over the community radio network, Zed Games brings you the latest gaming news, reviews, and interviews from across Australia and around the world. Hello, welcome to Zed Games live on 4ZZZ 102.1 FM or on Zed Digital or the community radio network. I'm Evie and I'm hosting with Ray tonight. Hello. How are you, Ray? I'm good, thanks. Yeah? Yep. And we also have Nick, who's our guest this evening. Hello. <laughs> and Tom. Yo, what's up? So the preview of the show tonight, we're covering some E3 content mm-hmm. and just doing some coverage of that. Uh, the guest tonight, Nick, he's from Free Space, so we'll be chatting to him a bit later. But first, some gaming news. Yes, uh... Not too much news this week because it's been dominated by E3 coverage, but uh, we'll be getting through that later on the show. But uh, Valve has announced that it will no longer police games being released through the Steam store, instead opting to allow all games apart from ones that contain illegal content or are, quote, straight-up trolling. The announcement comes a week after Active Shooter, a controversial game that simulated school shootings, was removed from Steam. The decision would allow games that were pornographic or offensive to appear on the world's leading store for digital PC games. A statement posted to the Steam blog said that games it would it allowed would not reflect the values of Valve and that the decision to allow everything was in the interest of freedom of expression. Hmm. That doesn't seem too good. You don't think it's good? I don't know. I mean, on one hand, I'm like, yay, pornographic games, finally. <laughs> I mean, come on, we're in the VR space. This is this is what this is what people are getting VR for, right, Nick? That's the biggest <laughs> question I seem to get from a lot of people when they come into the arcade. It's like, yeah, what, what sort of pornographic games you got? It's like, none. I'm I'm not putting up with the cleaning <laughs> side of things, basically. There's just not enough money in the world for that. Maybe when I've got more staff or something, you know. But that's, that's, that's more of a Japanese thing, I think, at the moment. <laughs> but on the flip side of the coin, letting through offensive games like Active Shooter. Um, just seems like uh, it's it's inviting really ignorant articles in news sites and and whatnot. It's extremely uh, to... offensive as well. Yeah, mm. uh, <laughs> it's like, that's, well, that's that's the obvious point. Really that I was just I was it's, yeah. it's offensive, but I don't know. Is it responsible? I guess is a good question as well, uh, because this is a game that simulates a school shooting. You can be either the shooter or the SWAT team. Um, There are some that argue that, you know, these simulated things can have an effect on real-world behavior. Mm. Um, Note that there has been no conclusive study that proves that uh, violence in the real world is caused by video games, but um, it's definitely a concern of many. Yeah, but it's also, I guess, sort of making a lot of... Because, you know, it's a, it's a big uproar in the States at the moment, a lot of what's been going on over there and ag- across the globe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then to make a game out of something that, you know, destroys lives is pretty... And then for it to be... Well, I mean, we've been having war games since the beginning of time. Sure, but this is probably a little bit more... Sen- we've had war games forever. This is yeah. very, very personal. This is involving, you know, children and simulating real-life scenarios. So is war. <laughs> well, I guess that's a true point. On that note, I guess we shouldn't really play any games related to war. <laughs> All right, that's yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, there have been a lot of articles uh, against Steam saying that this is uh, a bad move, that it's sort of given up on responsibility, you know, just sort of handing in the, the monitor banner and saying, you know, we, we're not responsible for any of this. 
But I can't help but think that, you know, it, it could be a good thing that everything is allowed um, and just allow the consumer to use their own value judgments to decide what to buy because, I mean, we're all adults. Well, not, not all of us, but um, I guess there are a lot of children using the Steam store that shouldn't be exposed to <laughs> Maybe it. Maybe there should be I think some, of it, sort of, but... some sort of filter, I suppose. <laughs> that, that argument <laughs> fell down at the first hurdle. <laughs> yeah. We're all adults? No. No. <laughs> no, we're not all adults, yeah. Um, look, it's a difficult one. I'm not sure what the right decision is, but this is a very extreme policy change by Steam, and it's going to have a big effect on on the world, I think, at least in video games. I think uh, I, I think we've been relying on corporations to be the moral police in our society for so long that it's it's kind of weird when one puts their hands up and says, nah, nah we're not going to we're not going to do that," um, and it means that we've got to find now a structure where we uh, where where we can be comfortable because I think you know sure there's freedom in anarchy but perhaps there might be a better way to go about this. And maybe this is a step towards finding it. Perhaps. Does anyone feel like this is going to last right up until the first uh, lawsuit comes along that they uh, get pinged for? Someone tries to pin responsibility on them, they lose a couple of million dollars and they'll go back to doing the policing the way they were before? It's possible. It depends on whether the cost of the lawsuits is greater than the cost of the wages of the employees that they're hiring to curate the material. Because mm, yeah. I think that is actually the the prime motivator here for them. Is that, yeah, they, are, they can talk about freedom of uh, expression, <laughs> but it's it's just a bottom line. Decision, there are really. thousands of games that are released on Steam every year, and for someone to, or even a team of people that have to go through to to monitor all that content, it's it seems unfeasible. There have to be a, a massive massive team working around the clock playing all the games and so i don't know i think this is just like eh, we're, we're hiding behind the the value of freedom of expression but really it's too expensive for us to monitor every single game you're listening to zed games i am razor and with me evie who is doing announcer training and behind the desk tonight evie you're doing a great job thanks be gentle also here is tom yeah the other guy I'm not. I'm not doing announcer training. I'm just. I'm just here for my witty one-liners. That's that's me. Keep Bam. up the good work. <laughs> that was awesome. Zing. But introducing Nick Wallace for the first time. He's here on the Z Games Radio Show. Nick, welcome. Hello. Nick is the owner of Free Space VR Arcade, a virtual reality arcade based right here in Fortitude Valley. It's very awesome. Uh, Nick. Can you tell us about your arcade, man? Um, what to tell? I mean, so yeah, we're a virtual reality arcade. We're the, the first in Brisbane. Uh, a lot of people might be aware of uh, Zero Latency. We're quite different to Zero Latency in the way that we do things. You know, uh, for those who have been, you sort of know that you go there, you play, you know, two games sort of in the 45 minutes, and you sort of um, you select before you get in there which ones you want. Uh, we're more of an arcade sort of style, land cafe sort of style. So you come in, bring a couple of your friends, you know, share out the station, and uh, we've got about 20, 30 different games available to you. And uh, throughout that session, you can swap between those games as much as you like. So, you know, play something for five, ten minutes, you don't like it, get a bit bored, jump out, find something else. So you're not so much locked in. And by doing that, we sort of uh, try and have something for everyone as well. Now, everyone in this room is very familiar with virtual reality mm -hmm. and the technology behind it. Uh, we're all 
big followers, big nerds here. But for the listener who perhaps hasn't been keeping up with the latest tech in in VR, Mm -hmm. exactly... um, what can you do in virtual reality and has is the technology like at the point where it's convincing yet well, i'm finding with a lot of people it is very convincing a lot of people um even those who have tried virtual reality tried it about you know four or five years ago there was a massive push by oculus and htc back then you found them in all the shopping centers and all the exhibitions and things like that conventions they were out there uh getting people into the headsets and they were great and they were fine but the games and the experiences they had were very limited um you got people getting a lot of nausea back then because they had you know a lot of latency with the headsets. Oh yeah, I get you've that. You tried that, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so that was that was a big problem, and people's mindsets are still back that four or five years ago. But things have come a long way since then. You know, we very rarely get uh, anyone with nausea at all um, when oh, they come really? into the headsets. Yeah, that's great. Uh, the racing seats a little bit more because they're just a bit different. But our normal room scale stations, no problems at all. Um, the games as well have come a long way. You know, there's no real big AAA titles except for Fallout 4 and um, Skyrim at the moment. There's a lot of indie developers getting out there and just creating some really cool, interesting games. You know, it's sort of... I tell people um, when it comes to the VR industry, no one knows what they're doing. And that's not in a bad way. That's in a really good way. The book on the rules of what to do in VR hasn't been written so people are writing it as they go. They're figuring out what works and what doesn't. And because of that, they're just trying things. You know, we're sort of lucky in that regard that in the arcade, we've got a wide variety of games that people can jump into and try out. So it makes it quite interesting like that. So for people who haven't tried it before, you know, we encourage them to come in, try it out, see it as it is now. If you've never tried it before or if it's been a long time, you'll find that it's come a long way and it's not what people are expecting it's even better generally. Can you just rock up and have a go? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we do uh, free 15-minute promotions because, once again, people are quite hesitant. You know, they're they're sort of thinking of what it once was or they've never tried it before. So, yeah, we encourage people, come on in. We've got a free 15-minute promo. We'll show you how to use the equipment, how to interact with the virtual environment. And that's one of the biggest things for me is I want people, when they come in, to feel comfortable. I want them to jump in and be able to enjoy the games and really, yeah, get into it all. So I yeah. wonder how people can feel comfortable because mm-hmm. you were telling me before that there's there's a butt destroyer on your on your racing seats. No, that was a butt kicker. That's butt a little kicker. bit. That's a little bit different. Um, <laughs> Tell me about yeah. the butt kicker. Butt kicker, butt destroyer, butt destroyer. I don't know what that <laughs> attachment is. I, I'm not really going to delve into that one. That's an um, optional upgrade. It, it probably is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's something you know on the dark web. You have to really go looking hard for. <laughs> Costs extra. Yeah, that's it. You know, once again, not dealing with the cleaning up there. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, they've got the racing seats as well. They've got the, the butt kickers, the rumble packs on the bottom of them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's another way of adding in some immersion to it. So when you feel the wheels, when you change gears, it will react to that and gets that bit of extra immersion into there. Um, like in terms of the immersion, even the room scale stations, people jump in and um, Richie's Plank Experience is the best example of immersion. People see it on the outside, on the monitor. You get taken up in this elevator and there's a, a plank of wood coming out the side of a building 60 floors above the ground. Oh, my goodness. And you see it on the outside <laughs> and most people are like, ah, oh, yeah, no worries. That looks easy. I can do that. You put the headset in and get them in that elevator and the moment it opens up, nope, that's it. I'm done. I can't do it. You know, 
a lot of people, it's a great way to show them that. Yeah, my um, my partner and I have been looking for a, a VR place to go, and we we did look yeah. at zero uh, latency, but mm-hmm. it was like more corporate sort of arranged. Yeah. And then uh, these guys were telling me about you, and I was just like, yeah, yeah. And I was telling my partner, I was like, we got to do this, we got to check it out. Yeah. And I was like, be great, because she's terrified of heights, like yeah. absolutely terrified of heights. So oh, that's evil, but I love yes. it. Yes. <laughs> I was like, yeah, just, you know, some height stuff would be hilarious. Don't, don't tell her what it is then. We'll just put her into the headset. Like, you should come try this game. This, oh, love no, this. she's probably great. listening at home right now. She knows it. <laughs> she knows. Well, yeah. No, not, not Richie's. No, that's a completely different one. No, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking one. about. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, are, what are some of the other uh, popular games? Uh, so, yeah, Richie's Plank Experience is one of our more popular ones. Uh, we've got a huge range of different games. Uh, Arizona Sunshine is definitely up the top right now. Um, it's our zombie shooter, so you can play that by yourself. You can get a couple of friends together. There's a co-op um, campaign mode. There's a four-player survival mode as well. Uh, Beat Saber is, hands down, the most popular VR game in the world. Uh, when you look at the stats, at any one time, there are twice as many people playing Beat Saber as there are the number two game in the world. So that's how big it is. Whoa. And what it is, is it's uh, Dance Dance Revolution and Guitar Hero mashed together with lightsabers in virtual reality. That sounds amazing. Okay. It is. It's, <laughs> sounds it's like fantastic. an LSD trip. <laughs> well, you don't really no, need to explain why it's so popular. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Well, once yeah. you do, if you, if you think Dance oh, Dance boy. Revolution, this will be the next Dance Dance Revolution. You yeah. know, that that's what it's going to be like. And yeah, people challenging each other to beat their high scores. And yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, even we got bow and arrow archery games. You know, Quiver's quite Ooh. popular. That's got a good co op um, mode where you, you've got a, a gate that you're defending and you sort of defend that and you move up to the next gate and so on and so forth. And we've got more advanced games like Onward, which is a first person shooter. Um, people really quite like that because it's quite immersive. You know, the guns aren't press a button and reload. You've got to do the reloading actions yourself. Oh, so wow. you've got to grab the magazine, take it out, insert it, cock it back, you know, shotgun shells one at a time sort of thing, machine guns feeding through ammo, etc. And, yeah, just some really good mechanics like that that make it feel quite quite real for people. Yeah. Can you tell us about the facilities that you have set up there? Like how many yep. headsets you have and things like that? Yeah, so we've got uh, the five room scale stations set up. So when I say room scale stations, they're what you'd expect of a, a typical sort of virtual reality. Like people think to themselves uh, an open area, of usually about two and a half metres to three metres by two and a half by three metres, and that's your area that you can move around in. Um, they're the most popular ones. And then we've got uh, a couple of the uh, racing sta- uh, stations set up as well. And the racing stations are exactly what they sound like. You know, they're set up with wheels, they're set up with pedals, they've got stick shift on them as well, and they're in virtual reality in nice, big, comfy uh, racing bucket-style seats and with the uh, the butt kickers, the rumblers that I mentioned before attached to them. So, yeah, not, not the butt stories. <laughs> not the butt stories. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. So setting up a, a VR arcade, that mm-hmm. it's, doesn't sound easy. What? No. Where were you when you decided to... To, to set this up? Well, I actually was thinking about just buying one for myself, you know, about a year ago, a bit over a year ago, and um, I wasn't sure which one I wanted to get, you know, the Oculus or the Vive, so I tried an arcade, a small arcade in Sydney, and um, I thought this was really fun, and then I sort of came back to Brisbane and thought, I'm still not quite sure which one I want, so let's, you know, have another try, and we just realised there wasn't one open in Brisbane, and that sort of got the wheels uh, turning. I kind of, you know, wanted to have a break from the last job and do something different, and yeah, this sort of all evolved from there. Yeah, because you were telling me before we went on air that you used to be a pilot. Yeah, that's right. So I was um, air pilot for the last nine years. Um, I was doing aerial survey for the last couple of years, and that's 
it was a lot of moving around the last few jobs and yeah sort of felt like i said a bit of a change and being at one place for a while and now for something completely different, let's do a VR arcade. Completely know? different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now you can virtually fly a plane. That's it. Do you <laughs> have any flight simulators? I do have a flight simulator game, and it is actually extremely realistic. Everything inside of it, every knob, dial, everything works inside the aircraft. And it's wow. it's just like being back in training in a lot of the smaller aircraft. It's quite, um, yeah, I find that quite quite fun. And you've got all different varying types of like aircrafts as well? Yeah, there's a few different types in there. You know, you can jump into a... We've got an F-18 jet in there, you know, Hornet uh, fighter oh, jet, nice. you know, or all the way down to a Cessna 172, which is a little single-engine <laughs> four-seater. Pipe, so, pipe one. Yeah, 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 little bug smashes, we call them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there's a bit of everything there. That's the... Yeah, that one's got a bit more advanced and sort of, it's not something I generally chuck people into. <laughs> so it takes a bit more, you know, you've actually... I'll, I'll just say to my partner, it's just, the, it's just the airplane one. It's very, you know, <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's sedate. It's flying. It's <laughs> easy. You can, you can train a monkey to do it. It's yeah. the landing. That's the hard part. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's on a plank. <laughs> <laughs> You sure you want to stay together? You know, you chuck her on the plank, chuck her into a plane. And... Oh, it's just friendly torture. It's all right. <laughs> uh, Nick, it's been a pleasure having you on the program. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. You can go along to the Free Space VR Arcade, which is located here in the Valley, 295 St. Paul's Terrace. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there somewhere on the internet we can go to check it out or make a booking? Yeah, so head to freespacevr.com.au. You know, we've got a list of all our games and experiences on there. You can book online, or if you want to get in contact and anyone has any more questions about it, then yeah, you can go through there. If you want to do the 15-minute promo, then drop on by or give me a call and yeah, we'll make it happen. You're listening to Z Games. Yes, Z Games, the... Organized radio show coming at you live on 4 Triple Z 102.1 FM. Uh, E3, the Electronics Entertainment Expo, is in Midway in Los Angeles. This um, this long-running convention is pretty much the ground zero for tech news uh, and game news and announcements. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all the big companies, Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, and the big publishers... Use it as an excuse to get together, have a huge party, and drop all of the news about what's happening with the games that they're working on and any news that's coming up over the next year or two. And tease uh, games from five years out. That's right. Just to annoy us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my god, that looks so good. That is a recurring thing. Uh, you know that we're shown stuff that doesn't uh, happen for many, many years. Some games have been like, like on the bench for for a long, long time. Yeah. Um, Some games were better staying on the bench, in fact, having having actually come out now. Absolutely. Yeah. I, this I is like my, the idea yeah. of you. This is my first year following E3. Oh, welcome. And I didn't know there was a thing mm-hmm. about, you know, everyone coming together and showing off their stuff. Mm. I'm very impressed. And it looks awesome. The whole expo looks, like, incredible. Oh, that's great. Um, I'm, I'm wrapped. <laughs> That's I want to go to LA what, now to as, see this. As a jaded, uh, <laughs> like, I think I've been following for eight years now, maybe. Okay, you're a veteran. You're over veteran. I, <laughs> I am. I I miss your excitement and enthusiasm, and I I say that in the most condescending way possible. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm definitely a, a jaded, slightly jaded, mm. grizzled veteran as well. And yes, it is it is very flashy, and there's a lot of tricks, and there's a lot of stagecraft and big fanfare and they, they want to make you excited you know they, they have like 
circus animals sometimes. They'll like oh parade elephants gosh. around. Well, yeah, be, I just well, felt my really big self a... just shrink very soon. Oh, guys. so excited and we just killed that. Just pop my bubble. That's great. It's, it's very valuable to have your your uh, your point of so view, shiny. Evie. Um, <laughs> but basically what we've been doing is following all of the coverage. Uh, we've and done it all. And we're going to distill the, the very best bits, the, the things that we're most excited about. Absolutely. There's there's far too much information coming through for us to convey all in in a 20-minute radio segment. So what we're going to do is we're just going to pick a couple of things that excited us and, and tell you guys about it. So, Tom, jaded, grizzled veteran. I am uh, going on with that theme. Uh, in, in previous years, all I've wanted from E3 were new IPs. That's, you know, I mean, you see the sequels and, and whatever else, and you're like, just just give me something new. This year, like, I'm I'm over it. Like, there's these flashy new IPs come up, and, and, and I've been burnt so many times that I'm like, just just give me the sequels that I want to that I want to see. So, uh, I am I every every game that I'm excited about here is a sequel. Uh, Super Mario Party, Beyond Good and Evil Two, Halo Infinite, Gears Five, Battlefield Five. Bring on the sequels. They're the they're the franchises I know and love. Uh, but I think uh, let's let's start with Super Mario Party because uh, this is a game that ruined friendships for me uh, when I was when I was young. Um, the N64 version ruined uh, my palm. I don't. I don't know if you guys understand that reference, but you used to have to. Anyway. Oh yeah, you, yeah. You'd get blisters on your palm because the mini games required you to do like these. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the trailer for this just looked so exciting. Whole bunch of mini games and stuff. Uh, for me, the franchise has gone off course a bit in previous years, mm-hmm. um, but I think the Switch will probably revitalize it. Um, hopefully make it a bit more interesting. So it's um, coming out on the Switch, did you say? Yeah, yeah. Mm. This is uh, going to be a Nintendo exclusive, I imagine. Um, but it, it's it's something uh, I'm very excited about. I know you're excited about this game too, Ray. Mario Party? Yeah, yeah, mm. absolutely. Love it. Um, Nothing more to add. Very yeah. good. All right, <laughs> let's, much let's move on. Um, uh... I was also very excited to see the Microsoft exclusive uh, Halo uh, and Gears. Um, so Halo Infinite and Gears of War 5? Gears of War 5. Gears of War 4, for those of you keeping track at home, sucked. Um, it was it was terrible. I reviewed it on the show, panned it. Um, uh, and I'm just hoping that the it's trailer... It's a comeback. For- the trailer for five looked really interesting, so maybe they're gonna they're gonna <laughs> rescue they're gonna rescue this franchise. Oh god, I hope. Um, but uh, Halo Infinite. Halo Infinite. Yeah, I'm pumped for that. Um, there's so there's a trailer for it that's that's an in-engine trailer, which is basically just them showing off. You know, hey, this is how good our tech is. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing to do with the game. And I was watching this, and I'm like, this is fantastic. My Xbox isn't going to run it. That's the 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 graphic fidelity that's coming out of mm. that. Nah, nah, mate. But not. that's why I'm excited because it said PC. I know, and and oh, yes. And for me, yes. it's like, all right. So <laughs> what's what's the point in my Xbox anymore? I mean, mm-hmm. they don't have. Uh, you know, Microsoft did announce that they've 
purchase five new studios um, to make exclusive games for them, which is great. But all of those games are going to be on PC. Why would I uh, hamstring myself with an Xbox um, when I could just buy a really nice PC, play all the same games, and retain in- its like monetary value and like use for a lot longer as well? Yeah, because totally. consoles get dated, especially with the Xboxes, because that's just how the nature of things with those consoles. Yeah, and like I, I mean. I, I understand. I think there's still a market for that. You know, the the casual gamers, so to speak, the guys who aren't interested in in, in forking out maybe a bit more money on on their PC. But there's uh, Microsoft have just entirely lost me this E3, um, or Xbox has at least. Mm. Um, did you get any of that feeling, Evie? Because you've been uh, an Xbox gamer. Yeah, I've been an Xbox gamer. Pretty much, my, that was my own first and only console that my parents would allow me to have, mm-hmm. and I I was obsessed with Halo. Halo was the thing that I went to Xbox for, and then I got the 360 because I wanted to play Halo Three, which came out in 360. Yeah, um, and I just been following that Halo franchise since 2003, I think, when the first game came out. It's been yeah. a long time now, and I haven't got an Xbox One because I went. I don't have the money for this right now. Yeah. And Xbox 360 is still pretty good, and I mostly play with friends, and cooperative's always really, really fun with Halo. And then I went, I've been tossing up between an Xbox One and a PlayStation, the new PlayStation 4, and I went, no, because PlayStation 4 is going to have Spider-Man, it's going to have, which Last was, of Us um, 2. yeah, um, oh, the, the, re, um, the remastering Spyro, yeah, and yeah. they're bringing back some of the classics. And I went, no, I've, I've got to get the PlayStation 4. And then just as I was watching E3 with the recap on Halo Infinite, they said, you know, Xbox One and, and PC. And I went, well, yeah. there's no point. There's no point. I've been sold on the PlayStation now because I can, I've already got a PC. I've got yeah. a PC that I need to run it. When this gen of consoles came out, I mean, I was, I was flipping between the two of them. And <laughs> the only reason I went with Xbox was for Halo. But yep. if it's on PC great this is a good excuse for me to finally <laughs> upgrade my pc xbox gonna and yeah <laughs> it's just straight down <laughs> see yeah. you later buddy you, you, you're going in the trash and, and i know that a lot of people like a lot of people went after xbox because of halo yeah and especially it's, it's i guess flagship. my age range mm-hmm. you know 20 to 25 we all lived on that we, we loved halo it was the, it was a huge it was a revolutionary game oh yeah mm. It was massive. And now that they're uh, opening up the platform that you can play it on, like I know you can play the original, I think, Halo 1 and 2 on PC. Yeah. But you can't play 3, 4, or 5. Right. So now you've got the latest one coming out, and it's going to be on P- it's Xbox is redundant. <laughs> mm. Interesting point of view from two Xbox fans. <laughs> yeah. X- yeah. Xbox fans. Okay. That is interesting. Uh, moving back on to the topic of E3, one of the games that I am very much looking forward to that's due for release this year in September that, Evie, you mentioned earlier, Spider-Man. They showed us a good seven minutes of gameplay footage at E3, and boy, Ooh. it looks fantastic. I missed uh, that. How did I miss that? So it's from the, the same developers who brought us Sunset Overdrive, which was a kind of quasi-superhero-based game for the Xbox One. That's still very good. Um, But, yeah, for me, Spider-Man is probably the hero that deserves the best video game 
because just because of his web swinging mechanics, you know. Yeah, it's like, looking really, really good. That that's a good enough reason for to put all this energy into the Spider-Man game. This looks fantastic. It looks to take the uh, the fluid, uh, graceful combat from the Batman Arkham series, but just gives him to Spider-Man. So you know he's he's back flipping like a maniac. He's swinging out webs. He's jumping off walls. He's doing crazy roundhouse kicks. But then you've got this open world, mm. uh, New York to explore. And the web swinging mechanics just look unbelievable. Like he just launches himself so quickly through the air, you can swing onto to buildings. And um, looks like they've got an interesting storyline with all of the the Spider-Man rogues gallery villains sort of reimagined because this is uh, a standalone universe, so it's not connected to the movies or to any uh, any comic book series in particular. It's just like these guys take on Spider-Man as a whole from the ground up. Um, so I don't know. It looks fantastic. I, I can't wait until September. For oh, I'm this. so pumped for that. I'm also pumped for Cyberpunk 27.7. Yes. That looks awesome. It looks so glossy. Mainly I'm just enjoying it right now because the costumes are great. So this is this is the one from CD Projekt Red, the guys who do the Witcher franchise. And I've uh, I've heard that it's basically just the Witcher in a cyberpunk setting. Which I thought was a criticism, but you guys are totally on board with that. <laughs> that's that's the selling point, that's... bro. Yeah, <laughs> looks great. Yeah, so looks amazing. Pro- Witcher Three, um, most definitely the best open world RPG ever created, and ha- there's a strong argument for the best game ever created. Whoa! Um, All absolutely, right. Big time. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm saying it. it. I mean, I'm not. I'm not alone in that opinion. Just just go yeah. on the internet and right. and read any right. any article One about moment. the Witcher Three. <laughs> Any um, article. Ever. Yeah, I mean, it's I was reading an article about Trump, and it's like, oh, by the way, <laughs> The Witcher, greatest RPG of all time. But yeah, that's enough of a, of a reason to get super excited about this. So they're leaving The Witcher universe behind. This game, set in the year 27, 2077, and everyone's got like a pink or green mohawk with <laughs> some sort of cybernetic visual implant or robotic arm or a robot mouth in one case. It's also set in a city that's like the worst city to live in. Yeah. Uh, in the year 2077. So it's it's sort of like it's got this grungy... It does definitely have that punk vibe. Mm. Like you definitely pick up on that vibe. It also... It looks quite graphic. It looks very polished. It's like... Like with The Witcher, it's like, you know... Because they're the creators of The Witcher are creating this, I'm expecting like a very similar uh, gameplay style and also like more modern... Like a modernized, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Of that. Yeah. Um, the trailer that we saw didn't show any gameplay. It was more of a world building thing where we we sort of saw snapshots of the storyline, snapshots of the location. Um, but what we do know of the game is it will be a first person game with the RPG elements. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I'm really looking forward to it. There's a cool car in it as well. Yeah, I was just about to say, <laughs> there's a cool car. <laughs> and some sort of racing thing. I don't know what your character is. It seems to be some sort of runner for contraband or or something like that. But, um, yeah, Possibly I'm, on, I'm on board. Some some underground sort of underground oh violent CD, style. CD Projekt Red does Mirror's Edge. <gasps> what? <laughs> uh, another trailer that I was intrigued by... Um, not Ooh. sure if I'm 100% on board with it. It was at the PlayStation exclusive event, and that was for Death Stranding, which is Hideo Kojima's upcoming project. Hideo Kojima is, of course, the 
uh, questionably sane... Questionable genius. Questionable <laughs> genius behind the Metal Gear Solid franchise, mm. a, uh, a franchise that combined espionage war tactics with weird supernatural X-Men um, to varying degrees wow. of success. This, this, is, this is a game that has been hinted at for the last three or four uh, years at at at, uh, at E3. Mm-hmm. Did we find out anything more about it? Or are we just as confused as we've always been? I think we're just as confused, but we did find more about it. <laughs> um, so <laughs> there was a trailer a couple of years ago that just showed like guy, Norman Reedus from The Walking Dead, the guy with the crossbow. Yeah, turning uh, into a cl- baby and dying. And clutching dead. a baby with black sludge everywhere and, mm. and that was all we saw. This time we see that he's some kind of um, courier in a in a bleak post-apocalyptic style world and he's carrying a backpack that is like hilariously large. We're talking about you know, about a half a car's worth of luggage just strapped to his back. <laughs> and he's going around these very precarious mountains and across small bridges and walking around. And then all of a sudden, he's being freaked out by ghosts. And, like, he's being haunted <laughs> by these black hands that are everywhere. And oh he's, got this, he's got a ghost friend that's helping her out. And she's really, really sexy for some reason. Um, <laughs> but then he pulls out his weapon, uh, which is to be used against the spirits and it's a newborn baby inside a little cryogenic container that he keeps strapped to his belt yeah in in yellow I ca- goo I carry one of them around yeah, yeah. me too now <laughs> <laughs> so that was suitably yeah, strange yeah um but you know that's sort of par for the course for Hideo Kojima um who it might be insane might be a genius or he might be an insane person with funding mm. either way <laughs> one to look out for funding <laughs> Of, I just yeah. thought of active shooter again. <laughs> I'm um, actually speaking of trailers. I really enjoyed the trailer for Beyond Good and Evil too, um, because I never played Beyond Good and Evil. But this trailer, which was really just sort of a cinematic, was so uh, visceral that I would say if you're going to check out any trailers, have a look at that one. If you like space, I like space. 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 Mm. Do you have any trailers you particularly like, Davey? From E3? Yeah. Were there any that you're like, oh my God. Well, Halo Infinite. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, Cyberpunk 2077. Those were the two that I just was like, And maybe the 10 seconds of Elder Scrolls 6. Okay. 10 seconds? Like five seconds. That was was definitely a crowd (laughs) pleaser. Um, Basically, at the very end of the Bethesda section, um, they showed a video that just had... The Elder Scrolls Six on a title card against a generic open world fantasy backdrop, mm. and the the crowd just went nuts because, well, we, this is the first we've ever heard of the fact that it's being in development. I think everyone knew that it's in development, but now that it's confirmed, I guess it's exciting. Um, the Elder Scrolls is a pretty big deal, and yeah, it's, it's it's one of those things though. I mean, if you're gonna tease a game like that that we all know was coming out, I want. I want it to be coming out this year. I want I want you to be like, oh. Maybe they'll do a surprise, gonna, bam, drop. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I was maybe, thinking more maybe. a surprise date drop or something, you know, where they're like, <laughs> yeah, oh, it's, you know, a few months away. A date drop would be nice. But realistically, I think that if they had anything to show, they would have. And mm. I'm, I mean, I wouldn't get your hopes up for the Elder Scrolls 6 in the near future. I would be like From memory, 2021. Skyrim was, was uh, like advertised for three years before it came out. Oh, so. Skyrim was amazing. 
<sighs> this is everyone. <sighs> Boring. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, not 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 a fan of Elder Scrolls to be honest. But uh, you know, mm. I'm glad I'm glad you like those w- words on the screen. Oh, we great. Go. Well, it must be lonely be- over there, bro. Begin in, begin in- this <laughs> begin the segment with condescension. End it with condescension. How, Jaded. <laughs> how's life in the uh, in the anti Elder Scrolls uh, world? Anti open world. I'm I'm not Anti-open even I'm not world. even down for cyberpunk. Yeah. You guys can, okay. You know yeah. what? That's, oh give, me, my give me my linear on the rails shooters, and I'm. Where's happy. the button to put the glass up? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I mean, not everyone likes open world games, um, clearly, but uh, for me, they're that's what gaming's all about. So I love open world yeah. stuff. Yeah. You don't feel pressured to do anything. Well, <laughs> yeah, because you feel pressured to do everything. It's 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 like, you're, hey, I'm just going to be. You're a, you're a completionist, aren't you, Tom? I am. You're, uh, you like well, to get that explains. I think that's why because 100% it's Skyrim. You you just look at this long. You, you what did long, you say? You hundred percent Skyrim. Yeah, yeah. It's just a laundry list of of crap to do and and so and, and and branching side quests. That must have been a really sad, sorry, uh, painful three hundred really... hours of your life, Tom. Considering you don't like open world games. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I did enjoy the first two hundred hours, but after that, it was it was a slog. Um, but I did it. Interesting. <laughs> I completioned it. I, I, I think that's. I think that's the last open world game I hundred percented. But <sighs> anyway, well, there were very many more it. announcements mm. of varying degrees of of excitement. Uh, but wait, wait, wait! Did you guys see uh, Skull and Bones? No. So it's Ubisoft uh, doing a pirate thing, and the trailer for it was uh, about these dudes who, like, hey. We're going to be pirates, and they're all mates, and then they all become their own captains, and then they start fighting each other, and they're like, yeah, we're the biggest, like, we're the kings of the sea, Uh, we're going to destroy each other, and then, like, out of the smoke, this big black ship comes along, and they're like, oh no, we better band together, (laughs) and I was just like, yeah, pirates, pirates! Um, so it, <laughs> How it did kind that go? Of, Sorry, I missed that. <laughs> uh, it, it totally looked like uh, a, a more realistic version of Sea of Thieves. And oh, I don't yeah. know if we need it, but I was excited anyway. So Yeah, look, I think the market for pirate games is large enough to sustain more. <laughs> <That's>... Yeah. <laughs> People like pirates. Hell yeah. Uh, as as yeah. you just... So <laughs> eloquently dis- displayed. <laughs> uh, okay, the last game I want to talk about is Fallout seventy six. Uh, mm. That's they skipped a few numbers. An, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not a shared open world game. It's a multiplayer Fallout game. It's always online. Uh, we don't know too much about it, but it looks to be like an MMO like Fallout game set in the uh, post apocalyptic wasteland. But it's a, it's a prequel to the others, right? Or set set before the other games? Possibly. I read anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, I, I'm not 100 percent sure about that. Um, Do you, uh, you guys like open worlds? Do you like other people in your open worlds? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, that- <laughs> I was expecting a bit more discussion than that. Well, because in the real world, there's lots of other people here that I can't just kick out when I want. Oh, well, I'd like to, but there are people that I like being here too. Mm. It's, the same, it's the same mentality I have with playing video games. It's like, 
I would love my friends to be here. We can band together and take on pirates, for example. Yeah, but then some troll <laughs> comes in and mm. like sinks your pirate ship, and you're like, oh god. Oh, well, that's true. <laughs> but then you can sink yeah. someone else's pirate ship and laugh. But then you grind and grind I don't and play grind. Well, with others. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, look, Fallout 76, uh, the the one thing that caught my eye when watching the trailer is the fact that it's a lot more colourful. Uh, the other Fallout games that we've seen have been in brown, depressing, bleak, flat, kind of <laughs> dirty wastelands Salt. and just like, you know, big piles of brown stuff. This looks to be, yeah, because it's a prequel or something, the world hasn't gone to hell yet and it's a bit more colourful. That's, that's always something I like about my open worlds. Like, if I'm going to be in an open world for a for 50 and 100 hours yeah, it's good for the mental health to, to be in a, have in color. a to have more than just brown <laughs> and greys have some color yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, the area of Fallout 76 will be apparently four times larger than that in Fallout 4 which was itself a, a, a large area Dude. so I mean that's that's pretty crazy that's insane that's I mean for me I'm, I'm entirely overwhelmed by that that's, that's too much <laughs> too much <laughs> Too big. Make it four times smaller, please. Thumbs down. Too big. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, heaps of stuff on E3 on the internet right now. That's some of our choice picks. Um, If you have any thoughts, head to our Facebook, ZGamesAU on Facebook, and just let us know what you're excited about. And I think that's going to bring us about the end of the show, right, Evie? Yeah, I believe so. Well, I hope you've had fun, Tom. I've had so much fun. Thanks, guys. All right. I it's always fun. You've That's had cool. fun too. You're jaded, show. but it's all right. I'm, I'm <laughs> totally. Very cool. All right. Catch you guys next week. Bye.